welcome to your weekly episode of the Buckbuster Podcast, where we talk about anything and everything hockey. I'm Ethan, and followed by my co-host. Let's go, guys. What's Waza. up? Welcome back. Hello. All right. We're going to jump right into this. A second round recap of the NHL playoffs. All right. So first one I have is the Habs sweep the Jets. Sweep the Jets. I'm sorry, did, I can't speak. Did anybody have, see that coming? Nope. No, no, not at all. No, no. Not at all. I think we. They might have already happened last week when we were talking about it, but mm-hmm. I think they might have been up three I, or two or three to nothing at the time. I think it was three to nothing because I think it was last Friday they swept. So it was right. Or it might have been Sunday. I think I it was either Sunday or Monday. Sunday. Yeah, or Monday, it, it was after we had uh, dropped the podcast. Yeah. So. Um. But yeah, I did not see that coming. No, no, me neither. After, I, they, after they went up two to nothing, I can see. Okay, maybe Jets will push five uh-huh. or six, but I still saw Montreal winning. I did not expect to sweep that. I had Jets in seven. I had Jets winning in five. I think it. I think it when we did our round two preview. I think I said Jets in five. I had Jets. I had the Jets in seven. <laughs> yeah, that's what I had. All right, on to the next one. Knights over Avs, four games to two. That's where I was shocked. I thought yeah. the Avs yeah. were going to beat the Knights. I was really, really pushing. I was actually really pushing. For the abs to win it, like the whole. Mm. That's what I. That's, that's what I, what I, I had, had my bracket. I had Colorado winning the whole thing in my, I my bracket. Too. Now, I would have loved to see Colorado win I'm not surprised that Vegas beat Colorado. With oh their, no, the, I'm not even remotely I'm, no. surprised. I, I'm just surprised they it didn't take you know seven yeah. double over, double overtime and seven in order for. I'm, I'm Vegas. not surprised either. Like I believe almost all of us came into agreement when we did the second round preview that this was going to be a barn burner of a series. Oh yeah, seven games, no doubt it about was. it. Regardless, even though it went to what six, six, it was still a barn burner. Me and Jeff actually watched that game, and it went into OT. And we found out that since the start of the playoffs, that game was overtime game number twenty-three. Yeah, twenty-three. Wow. There have been so far this entire playoff series, both round one and round two, there have been a total of twenty. 23 overtime games. And we're only halfway through playoffs. So, I mean, it's. I know. And it's we lot. already know there's going to be more. We got at oh, max, yeah. at max, what, 21 games left? Yeah. So, you think seven for both sides and then the five. I'm going to, I, to be honest with you, I'm going to go a third of them are going to go into overtime. I wouldn't doubt it. Say at least five, like third. at least two or three for each side mm. right in the third round. And then the final will probably have at least two or three as well. Oh, yeah. Mm. Absolutely. I, I feel like, with the exception of the, Vegas, the current Vegas Montreal series, I feel like the other two series, the Islanders and the Tampa series, and whoever goes on to the final, we'll see at least three uh, three games per series take extra time. Mm, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not shocked that that Vegas won that. I was I was no. expecting seven a seven game barn burner. But either way, it was a hell but, of a series. I mean, well, Mark Andre Fleury played his played some of his best hockey I've ever seen. In oh that my series. god, he was on fire! Um, and after oh. that game, that. Blowout, what seven to one, eight to one in game one? Yeah, Colorado. I thought it was over right then and there. I thought Colorado I, was gonna. Well, it didn't help that they had um. They had Leonard start. Yeah. I mean, okay, yep, nope. <laughs> See here, here's Throw the that thing. Away. Yeah, I was say they shut that shit down. I mean, <laughs> real quick. to be honest with you, I'm kind of glad they kind of gave him that start. They kind of. We're like, okay, here we're gonna give you the keys. We're gonna see how you drive this thing. If you don't do well, then kind, kind of give him the keys. Like, hey, can we trust this man mm-hmm. moving forward? Um, actually, with that uh, game six win, Mark Andre Fleury win uh, moves into fourth. Uh, so, solely takes uh, position a fourth place 
and goalie all times win, win this, only behind Grant Fur at 92, Marty Brodeur at 113, and Patrick Waugh at 151. So, Mike, so, do you think Flurry's going to stay in the league long enough to take that first place spot? Not first no, place. No, no. no. I think he may be squeaking to third, maybe squeaking to second. Well, he, three. he's currently three behind third, for, um, three wins behind for third place. Wow. Okay, so he can definitely he's, take second, or take third place. Yeah, he's at 80, 89 now, and Grant Furr is at ninety two. So he'll he'll be top three, potentially break the one hundred that century mark, but I don't think he'll move pa- far past you know mm. that third place slot. Yeah. No, I don't think he will. Uh, well, Mark Andre Fleury is getting up there in age for at he's least thirty six. I say he's like thirty six or thirty eight, isn't he? He was drafted. I want to say 38. I want, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's like right in the right smack that middle 30. He's like 35, 36. Keep in mind, he was drafted in that 03 season, that 03 draft. Because he's. Yeah, because he's the first goalie drafted in a long time. And he was the year before Alex Ovechkin was drafted. Was um, first overall. He Holy is shit. from Google. He is 36. 36 born 36. in 84. Right yep. on the dot. Yeah. Right on the dot. Alrighty, off to the next uh, recap. Lightning over Canes, four games to one. That one kind of bummed me out a little bit, but yeah. at the same time, they are the defending Stanley Cup champions for a reason. And I, I can well, see them defend. I can still. Absolutely. I can see them defending that and winning back to back. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I don't see them struggling much with Bob, not Boston. Um, New York, yeah, New York. You know, who knows? Because they went to Game Six last year, um, so yeah. I when can was, see oops, them sorry, go maybe ahead. going six again. At least six again. Yeah. yeah, that has me wondering. I, I don't see them. I don't see the lightning sw- not sw- sweeping right by him or brushing right by him with a four or five game series. Mm-hmm. Islanders will take one or two games at home, maybe one at home, one on I the road. I think that's going to be a real seven game bar. Well, and with the Islanders, you have young players like Aho and Lee that are just well, gunning out there. Well, he's getting out. older. Now, I said but Lee's still. out this year. That's right. I, I can, I can see Tampa he's... winning the first two games at home. Yeah, that's right. Islanders winning that. one of the two games at home. Tampa taking game five in Tampa. Mm-hmm. Under, sorry, in yeah, sorry. Honors <laughs> uh, will win game five in Long Island to avoid, you know, getting, you know, beat at home. And then we'll have another one in game yeah. six. Well, that brings us to the next series of Islanders and Bruins. I was ever, and I was kind of surprised about that. They went over Bruins four games to two. That, I, I was surprised. I was pleasantly surprised with that. I was, not going to lie, I was kind of expecting a four-game sweep with Boston. But, dude, the Isles have been playing some great freaking they have hockey. Been. Yeah, yeah. They have been. They have been really, really good. Both, both goalies, Ilya Sorokin and Semyon Varlamov, have been oh, stel- yeah. stellar as an understatement. Like, oh, my God. Absolutely. They've been unbelievable. Semyon Varlamov has been an absolute brick wall. Uh, yeah. Like, oh, it's, yeah. it's been uh, amazing to watch him play. After those, what, the game two and three DOS against Pittsburgh, he's been... He, he's been he's been carrying the team. He's been t- taking some of the slack I, off of Sorokin, who's been obviously fantastic in his own sense. I feel like he. I feel like that two game loss between uh, the Isles and Pittsburgh had definitely lit a bit of a fire under his ass. Mm-hmm. Like oh, yeah. he's he is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I don't remember if he was one of the ones for the uh, one of the finalists for the Vezina uh, Cup. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Right, no, it was uh, Grubauer, Flurry, and Vasilevsky. That's mm. it. Yeah. Um, which I, did, I don't think they declared a winner yet. I don't think they declared a winner know. until I don't think so. Like like the NHL awards, which just happens right after the season ends. Yeah. All right. So. I'm down to the semifinals. Game one tomorrow at three o'clock. Lightning and Isles. Who you guys got for that series? God, that's I, so tough. To I, be honest with you, I have Lightning in six. 
said, at the beginning, at, at the beginning of the playoffs, if you would have told me that a Lightning and the Islanders would be facing each other in the third round, I would have called you fucking crazy. Yeah. Oh yeah, me too. But now seeing how far, how well the Islanders have played through the first two the, rounds, I really want to say, I want to say the Islanders in seven. I, I I I gotta actually second Bobo. I gotta go Tampa in six. I mean, Kyle oh. stated stated before. I mean, I almost might sneak out a game here or there, mm-hmm. one at home, one on the road. But it's not gonna be enough to push through. You know, Tampa. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Tampa. Well, but in okay, seven. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna go with Ethan in the seven. I'm, 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 go Tampa. I'm gonna quote Ethan from Tampa. They're the Stanley. They're the defending champions. What are they gonna do this year? We're gonna try to win the cup again. Yeah, what pitch? Like that, I, that bitch is ours. We're gonna keep it ours. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, is yeah. That's going to be really tough to see because, like I said, the Isles have been playing some amazing hockey. But now you're moving from, like you said, uh, Varlamov and... uh, Sorokin, sorry. Sorokin, that's it. (laughs) Now you have Varlamov and Vasilevsky manning the pipes. Oh, yeah. That is going to be... I feel like that's going to be like the goaltending version oh, yeah. of Attack on Titans. Oh, yeah. Like that's well, going to be. Like, I I think the biggest thing that's going to be tough for any of the final four teams is that these teams legit haven't seen each other since last season, mm. just because of the whole divisional. So it's how how are you going to kind of you know set uh, like bring on your mindset for these series? How you now game by game? Like what what do you want to be your nine matchups yeah. for? It's, as what? much as I'd really love to see, like I said, as much as I really would love to see Tampa go back-to-back and win back-to-back cups, I just, I really think the Isles have it in them to where they can yep. maybe squeak it past Tampa. See, this... go to the cup final. When was not? when was the last time that the Isles went to the cup final? Uh, mid to, uh, mid to late 80s. I want to say like, 80, uh, I want to say like 85. That, when, they went, when, when they won like four they straight. They won four straight from oh, yeah. 1980 to 1983, and I don't know if they made it back to the final since then. No, last time they, they won was 1983, I know that much. No, they, they they've gotten close, but they really haven't yeah. actually clinched in... This is this series is going to be one of those games where it's going to be like goaltender versus goaltender. Yeah. Oh and yeah. How I how I've been looking at it, I've been kind of brewing it in my head. You know, look at how Robin Leonard started with the Knights. It's going to be one of those things where I have a feeling they might start a backup for game one just to see how it goes. When it comes to the third round, no, you don't do that. No. When it comes to the third round, you you have to stick with the hot goaltender and Mark Andre Fleury, and you got to. St- you know, if you're Vegas and you got to stick with, you know, people like Varlamov, Vasilevsky, Price, who's been, you know, standing on his head for his team, and then obviously Flurry. Yeah. Well, and, you know, like I, you know, going off what you guys were saying about the goaltenders game, it's just, it's going to be gritty. This is probably going to be, honestly, this is probably going to be the grittiest. We, we, we've series. been saying this, or I think I'm mostly not taking anything away from you, because I've been saying this the past few weeks that all it's going to take in this series, like I said, for the Edmonton and Winnipeg series in round one. I had said at the beginning, bef- with the playoff preview, before that series even started, I said all it's going to take is for McDavid and Drysaddle to not have their flow for one or two games. Boom, Winnipeg swept them. Yep. It's going to be very similar in this series. All it's going to take is Varlamov or Vasilevsky to have one bad, bad game, game, and that's going to yep. ruin the whole series. Yeah, but the thing is, is with at least Andre Vasilevsky, and I guess the only reason I noticed this is because I have followed him a lot more than I have Simeon Varlamov. Not taking anything out of Simeon Barlamov. He's a phenomenal goaltender. Like, I would say future Hall of Famer. I'd love to see him in the faint hall. Barlamov? Yeah. 
I think it's a little early to tell. It, yeah, it's early. Give him a few. Give him a few years. If he keeps playing the way he has been. Yes. Yeah, but well, Vassy, no, that's no question. But yeah. the thing is, is Vasilevsky is not like somebody another like god tier goaltenders in like Carey Price. Mm-hmm. Where Carey Price, when he has a thing, a bad one bad game, it takes him a long time to recover from that. Where Vassy has one bad game, and he's instantly back in. He's Grinding instantly, up. yeah, he's instantly back in grinding it out. Oh yeah, and I think that's why I admire him so much as a goaltender because he is willing to put in that grind because he knows I, he knows, well I tripped up I, uh, I made bad plays that night tonight. This is this is it. Tonight's gonna make yeah. up for my last game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically, what we all are said, I think Bobo and what Colin said, I base kind of like definitely like what Ethan said and Kyle has said. But um, I think it's still gonna be Game Six in Tampa. Um, Tampa winning it. Tampa in six. So I uh, speaking of goalies, I'll I'll kind of go not really off topic, but it's more of a a, a question for you guys. Who was the last goaltender to win the Conn Smythe Trophy? Conn Smythe. The Conn Smythe. That's MVP, right? Yeah, MVP, MVP of the playoffs. playoffs. Uh, oh my god! Because I know. Is that Flurry? No. I'll, cut, I'll add on to this in a one week. I'm gonna go. Is it? Is it within the 2000s? Well, one of his trophies was in the 2000s. He has no, two Conn Smythes. He's a couple. He's, was, a, he's a few. Was I'm it not going to say. Patrick I'm, Wall in 2002, 2003? You're in the person, just not on the year. Two, 2001. Yes. Okay. So Patrick Wall actually is the only goaltender or only player to do uh, win it three times uh, with two different teams in three different decades. Wow. 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 Uh, wow. Yeah. So How long was Patrick Wall in the league? He was with the Canadians for what? In eight years, yeah, then so. that incident would happen with him in Montreal. So, he got traded to Colorado and played with them for like another eight or nine years. So, oh, obviously, hell. he's won it twice with the Canadians once in '86 and once in '93. And his most recent is with the Colorado Avalanche in 2001. Wow, yeah, I and mean, he's currently the one player who's gotten who's won the Con Smite the most and the most recent goaltender to get awarded the trophy at the end of the season. I know. I oh, was, wow. As soon as you said it, like, I was thinking back to, I was thinking early 2000s, and the first name that came to mind was Part Patrick Wall. Oh, see, I was thinking, I was uh, thinking potentially Martin Brodor. That's who I was yeah, thinking. I was thinking Martin Brodor. That's yeah. who I, was I was almost thinking. positive that he didn't win it. But. Right. Does he even Ka- have one? No. I mean, he has, he has he, a cup, but he didn't get a consummate, no. I kind of going off of that, I was just telling all these guys before we recorded on that as long as the way Montreal is, like, Right now, for Montreal, like Carey Price is like leading the team for like. He, he I can definitely see it. if, if they do the thing. I can definitely see them right. seeing him get it. Speaking yeah. of Montreal, Knights Canadians, uh, Monday night at nine o'clock. Who you got? This is another one. If you'd have told me at the beginning of the playoffs that Montreal was going to make it to the third round, I would have called you fucking crazy. No, <laughs> at the beginning of the season. Yeah. You know, yeah. If they're making it this far and they're going to face the Vegas Golden Play, Knights, not only the number one Toronto, which we all know the meme of Toronto losing the first round. But like ev- even lo- everybody was saying that this was Toronto's year, and they choked it in seven. Well, they they said they said it was expecting year. them to sweep past Winnipeg, the team that swept Edmonton, who was considered one of the best teams going into the playoffs. Okay, I'm gonna be honest with cool. you guys. I have the Knights going into seven. 
1907. The, the only reason I say that is because the Habs are hungry. They're very, very hungry. You can tell they're just picking at it. I have yeah. to. I have to agree with Bobo in the seven aspect, but I think the Habs are going to take. Oh, man, I, I, yeah, I'm, this is I'm, one of those like. Do I, think, I, wanna I go, really I, think the Habs have it in them to. I'm. I'm going to back Ethan on this one. Habs and seven. They're oh. they're right there. This is the farthest the Mo- Canadians have been in and, the longest time, and they they can they can smell it. They can oh smell blood God, in the water. They, they want to bring that cup back to Canada for the first time since they did it back in what ninety five. Not uh, ninety four. Ninety four. Ninety four. I'm actually. I'm gonna go the same boat, but wow, so in I'm games. the only one who went. Who, the only one who went nights. All right, but going in, only in six. You're saying nights and six. So no, you're saying Habs and six. Yep. Okay. No, this, this so is one of those series is. for me. This is one of those series is. Do I want to go with my bias and who I want to win? Obviously, you guys know we've said a hundred times we're Pitt diehard Pittsburgh fans. Fans, my love for Mark Andre Fleury. Do I want to see him go all the way Kyle win? Has po- Kyle has a poster of Mark Andre Fleury with a mouth hole cut out. <laughs> I don't know when you got in my room, but... <laughs> do I want him to win and go so win, his, true. win right. his fourth Stanley Cup? Or do I want to go with, strategically, who I think is going to win, just based on how much they have seemed to want it in Montreal? Oh, yeah. Well, well, here's the thing. Like going up prior to the last series, this is going to be all goaltenders. Because we all know Mark Andre Fleury has been on Fire. Dude, he is. I, I have this in the back of my head. What I find kind of cool is with the Vegas and Montreal, you have the two veterans, and on the other side, you have the two still young, up and coming mm-hmm. with Vasilevsky and Varlamov. Yeah, yeah. Well, Some Var- might consider Var- Vasilevsky Var- a veteran at this keep, point. Keep in mind, Varlamov's like getting older. Is like, he? he's, yeah, because yeah, remember, he was uh, he was the goaltender for the Penguins Capital Series back in two thousand nine. Really, he was, he was the number one. So he's he's also getting up there in age. All right, now that so we're they, getting, they, well, they, I was wrong on that. I did not know that. Semyon Varlamov is 33. Wow. Okay. So. He's still, he's getting up there. Mid, okay. He's, I, was, he's, I, thought he was, I thought he was like mid-20s. He's a, was, mid, he's a mid-ager for a goaltender. Okay. okay. Mid yeah. to old. So going back to the first series, who are your big players to look for in the Lightning and Isles series? Who are your top Stammer, two me. or three players that you can see carrying the team? I have Vasilevsky, Kucherov, Point, and Stamkos. I see. Or my four. I think, yeah, I got to go with Point, honestly. Braden Point Brandon or Andre Pilat, the two that you got to watch for. And honestly, you can't, you'd even have to kind of look at one of the even more. I, oh, fuck. I don't really want to, <laughs> I don't really want to call him a, well, here, I really want to, don't want to call him a dark horse player. And again, a little bit of a bias because he's a former harder, but somebody even like Anthony Sorelli. Yeah, Sore, yeah Sorelli is yeah. definitely a, a guy who's due for a big game or due for a big series. He's been relatively quiet throughout this whole play. Oh, but he's I'm, been doing really good. Yeah, he's been I, putting up numbers. He's been putting up numbers, but like, he he's not going to be. He's not the highlight of the Tampa Bay roster no, at, oh, at those moments. Oh no 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 no! I'm not saying that he is. He has the potential to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's just what will take him that extra step to you know be okay. The guy that they lean on in night uh, in, night in and night out. Like who will carry them to the Stanley Cup that, final? That is yeah. obviously going to be Vasilevsky. Absolutely. Vasilevsky, yeah. Kuchki, and. Uh, Stamkos. Yeah. All right. So, what about for the Islanders? I have Varlamov, Barzal, and Aho. Because Aho is very young. He's Aho's kind of in a... Carolina. Fuck. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I used Google for a lot of this. So. I'm, I'm also going to go with Barzal. I mean, he's I been said, very slow Bar- throughout the playoffs so far. He's another one who's like quiet. He's been quiet, but he's due. He's due. Oh, yeah. He's due, and he's going to break out. And it could, I think it's going to be in like the but first again, three games. He might have, like I'd say, four or five goals in the first three games. Or who knows? Do you think that maybe. Since the Isles haven't been to the playoffs in 
dare I say, even a cup final since, what did you say, the 80s? Cup final yep. in the 80s, yeah. Do you think that that amount of peer pressure is going to cause them to choke, especially Matt Barzal? Well, look, looking at it, I mean, the, the Eastern uh, Eastern Conference Finals last year was the Islanders and Tampa. So Islanders are definitely going to go out for some vengeance and be mm -hmm. almost headhunting Tampa. I feel like almost everybody says this every year. We say this every year. Anybody, any broadcaster that you watch every single year is going to say this. This third round is damn near impossible to predict what's going to happen. Oh, my God, yeah. And then I feel like it gets harder and harder and harder every single year. That's what we say every year. Oh, this is the hardest that's ever been. This is the hardest that's ever been. You, you guys know what's funny, though? On my notebook, I have Aho crossed out, and I still said his name. <laughs> <laughs> I literally have, like, three lines through it because I was doing research, and I was like, that's right. And yeah, yep. I, All I, right. The Dark Horse and the Islanders, yeah, I'm going to go with either Barzell or even Brock okay. Nelson. Brock Nelson, he's... Yeah, he's been putting up numbers. See, Nelson, but he's still not the one. He's still not one of the first top guys you mentioned when you no, talk about Dallas. Uh, Nelson's been kind of a sleeper this year, this whole playoffs. He's, that is actually a he, really good word for he, that. So sleeper? like, he, he's not really been like, oh my god, feed him, feed him, feed him. He's been open. He's had his opportunities, but right, it, he's once, of, once, if they do feed him, he's capitalizing. He's exactly. putting it in the back of the net. He's, he kind of reminds me like the outcast of that group. It's the hey, I'm way out here. If you feed me, we're gonna score. But they don't seem to look out that way because big, they have a bigger name. Two big words name. in one rant: outcast and sleeper. I like that. Well, because they have a bigger, they have a bigger <laughs> name. They have a bigger name to the left or the right of them. And if he's all the way back here, they're not going to look back there for a slap one time. They're going to look right next to him. So if he can get a little creative they, more offensively. But, but in all honesty, I think this is the most diverse I've seen your vocab in a long time. <laughs> I would say there's a lot of brain power inserted in this moment. And, and all the time that I've known him. Let him have his most... moment. Let him keep going. Well, he's <laughs> go, go, go. Are you guys proud of me? Yes. Kind of, yeah. But back to what I was saying, if you have two bigger names, I... I'm having brain farts of names. If you have two bigger guys like on Matt the side, and I'm not hundred yeah. percent sure who plays on his line, but I can't uh, remember. I, I know where you're, what but you're going. But if, if he's way in the back, they're not going to say, "Oh, hey," and pass it back because it can cause slicing. It can cause a fucking what's it called? A uh, turnover. That's it. But if they have someone who's right there and they feed him the puck, that's a goal like seventy percent of the time. Yeah. Not to pass it back and have it go all the way back forward. Yeah. That's kind of why I've been calling him a sleeper. Back go all the way back forward. <laughs> yeah, I meant to say back hey. and forth. I'm sorry. Bobo, I just want to say this. That was really impressive. <laughs> that was the most heartfelt rant, if you want to call it that, I think you've had in a while. Like, I'm surprised. Like, like I said before, like, I was gonna say and, and the whole the entire time that I've known you, I, I don't think I've ever heard this intense vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> See, this that was moment. borderline eloquent. Hey, yeah. nobody <laughs> No, I knew I was doing a good job. I mean, you fuckers cut me off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, okay? Fuck so. All right, let's get on yeah, to the night. The night or, sorry, Jeffy, you go. I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, because I, I haven't mentioned my Yeah, dark. that's my fault. I feel like for my dark horse, I feel like it's going to be Josh Bailey and as he's well as Matt, Matt. He's Marino. another sleeper. Josh Bailey, he's... Yeah, he's so, no, it's been very quiet. Mm -hmm. yeah, but he 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 puts the points on the board when he needs to when he's exactly. fed. Exactly. All right, we just wanted to apologize because we did a little research there, and apparently, Bo was right. There are two Sebastian Ajos in the league. Obviously, the Ford that pays for Carolina, and a defenseman who pays for the Islanders. My mind is. Blown. Like that, he, that must have been where you got Aho That's played for That's where I got it from because I was looking up Islanders rosters he, and it said he only, play, he only played three games well, for it, the Islanders this season as a defenseman. Well, as I looked it up, it said it's a defenseman for the Isles, and I was like, maybe there. My first thought was there was like a trade we didn't catch because that that shit happens all the time. 
I was like, oh, maybe they traded him for something. And I, I know I'm, you're not big on knowing who, what exactly player mm-hmm. plays exactly what position, exactly what team yeah. is, and there's nothing wrong with that. You're still learning. You're a new, newer person into the, the world of hockey. Like, I didn't even know that there's two. That's... For somebody, <laughs> for for people that are as experienced in the game of hockey as say Kyle and myself, we didn't fucking know they were two Smash Nahos. So <laughs> look at that. We, we always learn something new every time. <laughs> All right, um, before we lose train of thought, Golden Knights and Canadians. Who are your players to look for? Well, right. Flurry, that's a given. How, how well will that? Vegas offense pe- uh, pester Carey Price. That's a good word. Right. But at the, <laughs> sa- but at the same time... You Colin's got- a big word. Congrats to Colin. That's well, not the first time. Well, and... That's what she said. Well, and hear me out. So I'm going to be like the one dude on TikTok and hear me out, dude. Oh, Jesus. Um, Please, no. No. So you got to think, how is Carey Price going to fare against... Just an offensive powerhouse in players such as Mark Stone. That's one of my That's players. And one of the underdog player to look out for, Dark Horse. I think I said this last week. I might have used the name last week. Riley Smith. Riley Smith and Jonathan Marchessault. See, like, I wouldn't call Marcheseau as much of a dark horse. I mean, he is... Yeah, like, yeah. He's, he's now, like that a, I, now that I think about it, yeah. He's a consistent point getter. It's just a matter of, you know, he's more of a playmaker versus, uh, like, you know, versus a goal scorer. Or even somebody like William Carlson. That's yep, my other one who I have. I have Stone, Carlson, and Petrangelo. For Ooh, my Petrangelo is a good call. <laughs> yeah. But, well, and, I, mean, I wouldn't know if I would necessarily consider him an underdog either. He, well, he has not the A on his chest for a reason over there. But he hasn't really done. I don't think he's done a lot. To well, offense, this playoff. O- offensively, yes, you'd be correct. But I mean, defensively, I mean, oh, he's he, a he stud. He adds to our actually one of the top three shutdown defensemen in the league. Mm. Right now. Oh my god, no question. Yeah, he definitely adds like, some he, experience and some value to that already stacked blue line oh, yeah. in Vegas. Like Colin said, he's a fucking stud. I, if I'm going to be honest with you guys, going back to what I was saying about the sleepers, this third series is going to be a lot of sleepers. I think. There's going to be a lot of stars that are going to come out of the dark. They're going to be like, okay, guys, we're here. We're ready to play. Feed us. Let's do this. Yeah. I, I think this third round, it is going to be impossible to predict it is. who's, who's going to get the most points, who's going to win the series, who's yeah. going to, how many games. It's, that's honestly, it's tough. It's the world really will never know, buddy. Really when I tough. predicted, I, I, that's why I said game six and seven, because it's really kind of unheard of of third round sweeps. Yeah, mm. it's rare. It happens, but it's very rare. I, I, I think um, the trans, though, is the uh, Willing Carlson? I'm oh, not wrong. Uh, Eric Carlson of Vegas yeah. for Ethan. Well, not not just because you he's know, not as in love with Petrangelo as he is with Eric no, Carlson. No, I mean the thing is, I really admire Alex Petrangelo as a player. The dude's phenomenal. He's he's I think he's great. But my, at least in the short time, obviously that we've really been able to watch base, he's never been like very. Stand out, you know what I mean. You know the guys are focusing on, or mainly Vegas fans are and NHL fans are focusing on guys like Mark Stone, Max Pacioretty, Mark Mark Andre Fleury, um, even William Carlson. So, and it's again nothing to take the piss out of Alex Petrangelo. As I said, the dude's a fucking stud. But we'll just—it's going to be really interesting to see. How he fares this go around into 
the cup playoffs. Yeah, a sleeper or dark horse on Montreal. Um, I have um, Cole, um, Cuff, Cuff, Cole Caulfield. Cole Caulfield. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say I was gonna say either him or uh, Yesberry Kokkinami. However, the hell fuck you yes, say his last Kokkinami. name. If I'm gonna be hell, you say his last name. If I'm gonna be honest, a cock and what? If I'm gonna be honest with you guys, I have Nick Suzuki as my dark horse. One of my dark horses. Yeah. Good call. Okay. I had him last round. Yeah, this round, yeah. I have shit. My players to watch for, I have Carrier Price, Man Between the Pipes. This, uh, mm-hmm. Stahl, I forget his first name. Right head. Uh, Suzuki, and I have Shea Weber Wait, as well. Jo- Stahl? On Eric yeah, Montreal. Jordan Stahl. Mm-hmm. No, Eric. Eric Stahl. It's Eric. Eric. Stahl. Is it Eric? Eric. Yeah, Jordan's on Carolina. Oh, Eric, oh, used to be on, Eric used to be on Carolina. Yeah. Oh, I, so yeah, yeah, that, that's pop. my mistake. I, yeah, I ha- I have Stahl, Suzuki, and Shea Weber. I'm not crazy. There is a Jordan Stahl, isn't yes. there? Yes, he's, okay. he's the captain. I mean, you are, you are crazy, but I mean, no, you're not going crazy. But now, and correct me if I'm wrong. I, this might be the complete wrong. Is Corey Perry on Canadian? Yes. Yeah, he's just training there in the office. <laughs> is that on? I thought so. If you guys don't know, Colin absolutely loves Corey Perry. Just as much as we all love Tom Wilson. Well, I mean, hey, you have a cutout of what's-his-face. Maybe hold, maybe we should get him a cutout of Corey Perry. I hope you know that thing's going to the fire. That thing's hey, automatically... There'll be a whole cut in the mouth. It'll be gone. <laughs> It'll be the head cut off, right? You know what we should do? We should buy. We should figure out players we don't like and buy each other players just for them and see how long they stay on each other's wall. Oh, that'd be a good oh. challenge for each other. That's it. I like that. I'll buy all you guys Tom Wilson posters. Here you go. All right, so... While we're talking about Vegas, uh, another fun tip it, uh, uh, their current roster, uh, comparing game one roster for round three and their opening day roster against Dallas in 2017, there are only seven players left wow. in this roster. And they are uh, Marceau, Smith, Carlson, Carrier, Carrier Nosek, McNabb, and Flurry. Wow. Are the seven? McNabb. That's another underdog. Mm. Brady McNabb. Brady McNabb. Who was he with before? Who was he draft? Who, who did they draft him from? I don't remember. I thought he was with a bigger team. I want to say like. I'm trying to think. I can't I remember think, who. I think it may have been Vancouver. I thought that, or I thought of your team even like in that our might division. Sound like, that sounds division. It sounds like. I think it was. Uh, was it Philly? He, he came from Los Angeles. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, he, he was drafted by Buffalo six, uh, 66th overall in 2009, went over to L.A., and then was selected from L.A. to yeah, I thought he was close to us, because I remember when he first got drafted, and a but, lot of us Penguins fans were kind of worried. We were like, they have, you know, McNabb, they're going to be, he's going to uh, be a showstopper. Again, Buffalo. Yeah. Considering it's, you know, an hour and a half away from us. So. Yeah. All right. So, moving into the main topic of the night, uh, this was definitely a big discussion amongst the group leading into this weekend, but um, no, it, it's long overdue. It's a first-round draft bust. Now, obviously, this is anybody drafting between, you know, 2000, uh, 2008 and 2018, just because, you know, 1920, you can't really get yeah. much. Can't get much of a perspective on them from two years, less than two years of play. Yeah. Especially with the COVID-shortened seasons, because, you know, fuck you, COVID. And, you know, obviously, any pick within the first round, whether it's uh, 30 or 31, depending on pre or post Vegas. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know whose idea this is, but, you know. I that's... think it was mine. Yeah, yeah. actually, that was Bobo's that was idea. Mine. That was, oh, holy shit. All right. So, I'll go off. My first one, I have, I hope I said this right, 
Nile Yakapu, the Nail, Oilers. Nail Nail Yakapu. I, yeah. I numbered mine, and he was my number one. He was my number <laughs> yeah, one. I had he, Nail Yakapu as he, well. Yeah. He was actually my number two. I, I don't know if any well, of you guys did this, but I put their points for each season they got. That's kind of how I ranked them. And he got 31 points in his first year, which isn't too shabby. With 17 goals and 14 assists. But, but between the seasons, and I actually have this documentary right here. Uh, between the seasons of 13 and 16, he never recorded more than 33 yep. points a season. Wow. Yeah. That's what I was, was going to say. I picked him to be my number because I went, I numbered my from 10 down to the biggest bust. I didn't okay. nearly like pop as my number one. One, because he was drafted first overall by Edmonton in 2012. And a little fact, he has the lowest point per game out of a first overall pick ever. Wow. Really? Hey, hey, ever. At least he's making history in something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just in the wrong areas. No, no, no. He's got a point. He's got a point. His name's going to be on a billboard somewhere. Hey, look what I did. And it's going to be nothing. Nail Yakupov, biggest piece of shit in the league. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually my... I mean, you could put a big one of those big poop... You know how Charlie Sheen... Oh, you no. know how Charlie Sheen says he has tiger blood flowing through his veins? Fucking <laughs> Neil Yakupov has dog did, water flowing so did, through did, his veins. Did every single one of us have Neil Yakupov? Yeah. Yep. I had, oh, I had him at number two. Okay, we, I, all, we all had him. Uh, okay. Another one that I had, I think it is, I think it is, we've, he's mm-hmm. had enough time for me to say this, Nico Heischer. Of really? Justin, Justin first overall by New Jersey. I didn't I, have him. I didn't have I, him. I didn't have him. My, I, just, I, did, I don't think he's done enough to prove his worthiness of a first overall. Yes. The first one. I think Sebastian, I, who's picked second, has clearly done better. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's not I even mean, a question. Yeah. The first one that I actually had on my list is Ollie Jua Levy of the Canucks. He was drafted fifth overall in 2010. And after he got drafted, he never played a, can, a game with the Canadians for four years. Wow. <laughs> Stayed in their affiliate team. Which I forget their affiliate team in the AHL. Uh, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> but yeah, he stayed with their affiliate team for four years. Never once laced him up for the Canadians wow. after being drafted, yeah. or or by the Canucks. I'm sorry. After being drafted by them, never laced him up for him. I um. There, there's going back to New Hedger. There's so many other players that the Devils could have chosen: Nolan Patrick, Miro Heiskanen, Kale McCarr, Elias Pettersson. Like. Kale Marker. <laughs> <laughs> um. I actually had, um, it's actually my number one, um, Nikita. Vilatov? Um, Vilatov. I have him at number seven. Like, he was drafted six overall by Columbus and only played yeah, he's my number seven as well. Yeah. Um, like, he, um, yeah. Well, his biggest thing was, I did a little bit of research on him, and uh-huh. the main reason why he didn't fulfill his time with the NHL was just because he wasn't happy with how the NHL ran the league, and he wasn't happy with the coaching staff and stuff like that. So, he while he was still in their affiliate team, he was making constant trips back to Russia yep. to play for the Russian national team. Ooh, wow. And then eventually, when he got drafted by Ottawa, um, he just said he pretty much just said, "You know what? Fuck this! I'm going back to Russia." Mm. So, my, um, I think I was thinking I was the only one that didn't have him. Yeah. yeah. Well, Why need a My number two, I have Nugent Hopkins. I had Nugent Hopkins. I had him on my list, but I, did, I didn't I, have him. But I don't really think, consider him a bust. I mean, he, he had a good first year, but it didn't really seem like he's been doing. He's been. 
He's been, he's been he's hit been or miss. He's been doing pretty well. Yeah, I just think, he? he, I think just be, he's like just been overshadowed that might by be McDavid why. and Dreisaitl. Because he was like He's the, putting up numbers, maybe not necessarily point per game, fucking three like, points per game like McDavid's doing every, every see, game. Every I think game. a big reason I'm going to go for Jeff is he's really big hit or miss. Like, there's days where I checked the NHL mm-hmm. app, and, you know, he has three games where he has a hat trick, and he's like, and we're like, holy shit. No, not a lot of people can do that. And then he goes, and then he'll nine go to, games pointless. Where we're like, okay, what the hell? I, I, I can see where it comes from on like a consistency standpoint. Yeah, consistency I is not there. I, I think that's why I put. That's why I, I personally wouldn't consider him a bust. Neither would I. I, I kind of have a side of the on this one. Really? Oh, really? But um, okay. actually speaking of Edmonton, my number one guy. I mean, playing online with David. Yes, totally. <laughs> playing playing online with Connor McDavid already on dry side. you got to expect more out of him, point, like points wise. Yeah. And uh, Jesse Pugliarvi. Because, like, uh, I also have him at number three. Yeah. You, you got to expect somebody, you know, who plays, you know, that third man on a on a stellar line at, with McDavid and dry side. He, yeah, he's drafted fourth overall in 2016. Um, there's many players drafted after him that should have definitely gone before him. Uh, he only, he's only played like two to three se- full seasons in the league. Maybe one season that it was like half a season where he was called up midway. But he he just hasn't lived up to the potential that Edmonton was really hyping him up to be. Yeah. And oh, I, Jesse Poyarvi, he's going to be, be the next, you know, the next Conor McDavid. going to be something great to play with next to Conor McDavid. Conor McDavid finally has his winger. Like, See, my number two that I had, and I actually think this could have really been the biggest bust, was uh, Valerie Nachuskin. He was drafted 10th overall by the Stars in 2013. He went 57 games goalless. Oh! That season, or? Just... Yeah, that season. Oh! 57, wow. 57 games goalless. I had not not heard of him. I, he didn't, I did not come across my mind. Oh. But... Well, obviously, he wasn't good enough to make it to another <laughs> season. <laughs> I, I kind of in the same franchise. Um, my three was... Scott Glennie. Um, yeah, I had Scott Glennie. Eighth, had Scott eighth overall by Dallas, and they consider him the worst pick in their franchise. But he's only played one game with them and spent pretty much the rest of his career in the AHL. Well, and that's, well, he was in the WHL. Um, and back when he was in the WHL, he was a stud. Yeah. Oh, the dude was an absolute powerhouse. In 252 games, he put up 308 points. Wow. Yeah, the dude was a stud back in the WHL. And then when he got to the Stars, he was drafted eighth overall in 09. Yep. Yep. He just, he didn't take the league seriously. Like, he finally realized, oh, I'm making the big boy money. I'm getting to play on the the ice with the big boys. And he was just pretty much fucking off the entire time. So that's why he was kind of a bust. And the the fourth name on my list, I might get some hate for this. You guys might call me crazy. I'm going to go with Ailey Samsonov. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> See, yeah, it just—he was drafted twenty yeah. twenty second overall in the first, obviously in the first round back in two thousand fifteen. So it took him what four or five years just to make an NHL make an yeah. NHL roster. But the, the only the only reason he's the starter is because Hopi was traded to Vancouver. Yeah, yep. I I think that's really tough for somebody in that Washington Capitals like <laughs> roster if you're a goaltender because you had you had Braden Hopi there. And they, they wouldn't go no, anywhere. If he, had Hopi, if he had Hopi in front of me, I think he would have learned a lot more, would, have, would be a lot That's, better than he is. But it's I'm tough. not saying he's bad. It's tough. It's a tough role to fill. But then he was the mm. o- the only goalie taken in the first round that year. And That's I, don't, kinda, I don't see why. This is kind of staying on him. 
kind of that's kind of goes off this year. Like I feel like he would have done much better this year if like Lundqvist was actually on the roster, like healthy and everything. Like if he didn't have, maybe yeah. he would have maybe been better. Been better, like helped. Does like, that him like get like show that, him what? That they threw a veteran goaltender who actually knows what the fuck yep. this league is about. Yeah. So, so similar to what we were seeing with Brandon Holtby, like Lundqvist like, would have been in that spot, like helping Simpsonov, like with that. My role. number three, I think I actually it might confuse some people here. Uh well, I shouldn't say confuse them, but take them by a little bit of surprise. I said Pavel Zaka. Who? Pavel Zaka? Okay. Pavel Zaka. No, New Jersey, correct? Uh yes. Okay. New Jersey. New Jersey. He was drafted in what? 16? 15. 15. He was drafted sixth overall. Uh, Pavel Zacha. Or Zaka. Okay. In, uh, That's actually. I wouldn't, dis- I wouldn't disagree with you. Because he's not tenth. in my top 10, but I would not disagree with you. He was my 10th. Yeah, I picked him because, again, he didn't really. Uh, he, he didn't really show up to his potential of being a first yeah, round. He yeah. didn't really deliver. And he was another one where I felt like he had a lot of potential. Like, obviously, the league saw enough of potential in him to give him that NHL slot. Mm-hmm. But it's just, he just, he never delivered on it. Yeah. So, as much as it pains me to say this for, like, I'm from a defensive standpoint, but um, I don't know if you guys will actually agree with me because he was a former Penguin at one point. But um, drafted third overall in 2010 by Florida is a defenseman, Eric Goodbranson. But if you look at that draft in 2010, you know, they, they have players in a, in a draft, you know, Jeff Skinner, Vladimir Tarasenko, you know, Evgeny Kuznetsov. I mean, all all stellar names in the, in the league nowadays. But, I mean, like, why would he go for a big physical defenseman as in Goodbranson? Yeah. Alrighty, for my number three, I had a guy named Cody Hodgson uh, taken 10th by the Canucks, and he scored a whopping two points. In his debut season? Yeah. Again, how many games did he play, though? I don't remember off the top of my head. Oh, yeah. When, yeah, because you have, obviously haven't heard much from him. Mm-hmm. I'm not familiar with him. Uh, yeah, my next one, I actually had uh, Stuart Percy. He was drafted 25th overall in the 2011. Who? By the Leafs. <laughs> he played a total of 12 games across two seasons and ended it, ended his professional NHL career with a whopping, like, going down in the record books, three assists. <laughs> Not a goal. Not a single wow. goal. Wow. In 12 games over two seasons, only three assists. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty sad. Um, Another one of mine... Which one should go here? I'm gonna go Alex Galchenyuk, third third overall by Montreal in 2012. Damn it, that was actually my number eight. Say, yeah, I mean he had, he had a couple great years in Montreal, but ever since he left Montreal, yeah, he's well, just been he out even his he la- even his last two or three seasons with Montreal just. That's because he can't find a team to keep him for more than half. I mean, he season. played on Team USA for a while, for I think one or I think the t- 2010 Olympics and the 2014 Olympics. But did he really? Because mm. yeah, he was on the US team. Oh wow! It might, um, been, it might have been 2014 if he wasn't drafted till. I don't know. 12, but I'm my number four. I had a guy named Tyler Biggs, and he got a whopping zero points. 
Yeah, that's, he has yet, yet to play an NHL game. Yeah, yeah. That's he, act- he came. He came over to Pittsburgh, involved in the Phil Kessel trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's actually who I had at my number four. But he also passed. Um, he, uh, other people who also passed over in the draft at that time, players like you know big players like John Gibson, Brandon Saad, and uh, Nikita Kucherov. Oh wow! So yeah, you, you'd be surprised. Uh, big big name uh, names that are passed over there in the 2011 draft by Toronto. Hey, imagine Toronto having a, a guy like uh, Nikita uh, Kucherov. Kuchia. You almost said uh, Nikita Zaitsev. <laughs> yeah, heard that. actually, yes, yeah. Um, I had another one um, from 2010. It was Brandon um, Gormley, drafted 13th overall by Arizona. Yep, I had and him then, as well. Um, he was my number four. And that's actually who he was for me, number four. Um, he only played, like, for his first two years, he was just in the minors. And then then they, after when he... They, I guess he was another one who was an absolute stud in the, yeah, the AHL, but the moment he got they, into the big leagues, he choked. Yeah, Phoenix, I mean, Arizona um, gave up on him, and then we got traded to Colorado, and they gave up on him. So my last... I guess my... Really, my last guy it would be uh mr griffin reinhardt he was y'all keep taking my fucking names okay he was, <laughs> he was drafted fourth overall in 2012 by the, that, the islanders was it the islanders it was the islanders oh yeah I, wrong blue jersey <laughs> <laughs> so 29 games whopping one assist nice um dud player my last one, I have a guy named Luke Shen, drafted fifth by the Leafs, and he scored a whopping 14 points in his first season. Luke Shen, I mean, he's definitely, I don't say he's been amazing, but he's definitely, he's shown better mm. since then. Like, I've been going a lot of offers, like, first season points. I didn't really go into depth on how many games they played. Yeah, no, that, I get that, I get that. Uh, for another one, I'm, I have, um, I'm going to say Nolan Patrick. Really? Philadelphia is taking second overall in 2017. Again, not a bad player, but again, there's a lot of players that went after him that should have went before him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he yeah. missed the entire 1920 season. I don't, I think, I don't know if it was for injury, but he missed the, the entire season last season. Um, I don't remember if he was just bench or if he's in the minors. He didn't play an entire season last season. So if he would have played last season, maybe he wouldn't have be on my list, but just because of that reason, it's, he's on my list. I, actually, before Jeffy, you know, piles in, I'm going to list the last name on my list before you guys take him for me. is um, drafted eighth by Pittsburgh. I forget the year. Is uh, Derek Pouliot. Defenseman. Okay. okay. Didn't really live. I mean, obviously he was a stud in the, yeah. in the minors and everything, but okay. didn't really live up to the name here. Oh, and, and Steel City. And obviously ultimately was traded to Vancouver for... Uh, Nick Benino, but yeah. Benino, 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 Benino. I, I have one last name on mine too. Real so. quickly, going off of Derek Pouliot, because we didn't give you guys an interesting fact of the week last week. I'm going to give you two this week. One right now because I just remembered it. This I was going to use this one, but I decided on another one. So now I'm going to use it because uh, Colin brought him up. Derek Pouliot. I'm trying to remember the numbers. I'm I didn't write them down because I didn't plan on doing this one. So like, he had like eight career goals on some ridiculous like 230 something career shots. Eight like one of the lowest shot percentages in history. Of those eight career goals, I think it was either five or six of them were six. game winners. Six. Wow. So he has a higher chance of getting a game winner 
than Austin Matthews. Yeah. He has more <laughs> game winners than Austin Matthews. <laughs> I actually saw a video on it by yeah. a sports by a Sportsnet, so I know exactly yeah. what Kyle's talking about. Yeah, I can't remember; those might, numbers might be a little bit off, but it's something like in the ballpark of those. So it's yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, six of eight. All right, Jeffy. Oh my god. Um, another one I had was um, Michael De Cole drafted fifth overall by the New York Islanders in 2014. Um, Michael De Cole, yeah. Cole, whatever. Has, he has, he's, hasn't done much. Um, but I think he's still on the team. I think still, he might be like, like a fourth he's liner. He's still like a, currently with them. Is he a forward or? He is a, he's a forward. He's a forward. I believe and he is like fourth line or maybe like a he only 13th or 14th forward. He only mm-hmm. has currently 21 points. So he hasn't done, he's been, because he's been coming up and down with the Islanders. Mm-hmm. That's what she said. And Bob, get us one more. My last one, I had Ryan Strom, believe it or not. Ryan Strom, okay. The only reason, like I said, I was going off a lot of like first-year goals and games, and this first year, as big of a name he has, he had 18 points in his first career, or first career season. And when you think of a name like Ryan Strom, you think more of that. Like, we watched him here in Erie, and he was a god. And then he went to the NHL, and it kind of kicked him in the nuts. Are you thinking of Dylan Strom? I might be thinking of Dylan Strom. Dylan yeah. Strom was an otter. Not okay. Ryan Strom. I got yeah. those Stroms mixed up. I no, 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 no. Ryan well, Strom was an otter. I thought yeah, no. Two, two of the three Strom bro- brothers were otters, and that was Ryan and Dylan. Yeah. Ryan Strom was an otter. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's, it's Matt Strom that isn't the brother, but he's playing okay. up in Hamilton. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, so. like I said, we would watch him in, up here in Erie, and both the brothers were gods. And then he got to the NHL, and he's like, take this. He <laughs> choked. I mean, Dylan Strom, he's been decent. He hasn't had enough ice time because he he's battling injury this year. Yeah. So I think he only played a majority of like maybe 15 games a season. But look, look at, you know, Dylan Strom. I mean, he's had found more success in Chicago when he was traded to Chicago. Yeah. Versus, especially, you know, play, playing his time in Arizona. Especially yeah. playing with the but, um the brick and everything. Obviously yeah. having the chemistry, yeah, chemistry or that the chemistry, you know, bring it up from Erie. You know, to the NHL yeah, now. So Jeffy does, does have a point dude, there. Can so. you imagine the line... With, so say, you know, we mentioned the trade rumors about, well, possible trade rumors of McDavid wanting out of Edmonton. Dude, can you imagine having the line of... Do not say McDavid going to Chicago. <laughs> no, hear me out. Just imagine that, McDavid, Dabrinkit, and Strome. Oh, my God. <laughs> that actually happened during uh, yep. McDavid's last season in, in Erie. It was, Did Strome it, play a winger? Yeah, so it was on the left with Dabrinkit's... McDavid said, and Strom with the right one. Hmm. So I uh, yeah. forgot about that. Yeah, that only happened for one full OHL season, but the, the matter of the fact is, that it happened. Yeah, it happened in years past. I so. knew he played with the brick. I kind of forgot Strom was on that line too. So big news came in, and as far as injuries go. Uh, Tuka Rask is expected to be sidelined until January of February of next year because of a torn labrum in his hip. Ow. Oh, He's going to be most definitely. That's, and that, again, comes back to what I said at the beginning of the season of what if. Well, it's not necessarily a what if, I guess. It's like, how do you, how do you think Tuka is going to recoup from this and be able to come back next season? How do you think he's going to I mean, play? I don't think it's 
That's not much something you can predict per se. Oh no! It, it's, but it's but be... do you think he's going to be somebody like Henrik Lundqvist, where he can go through a massive surgery like that and start the playoffs? Well, no, he's not. He's not going to play in the playoffs this year. But I mean, I'm like, saying, oh never mind. It, it's. I was saying like next year, but you know, maybe take a step back, Bobo. Hold on. It's going to be a tough thing to come back. Regardless of who who the fuck you are, like it's well, it's gonna be tough coming well, that's back. That's a from hip like, is hinge, A hip injury is especially devastating to a goaltender because they do most of their work with their legs. So it's tough, but it's gonna be interesting to see how he comes back next season. I think he'll be definitely be in a good spot when he comes back because you know the the rest of his team is going already going to be in full stride. They're going to be halfway through the season. They're going to have the legs underneath them. Halak's going to. Well, I say ass- they have Halak. I, I, assuming Halak is still with Boston. Boston. Now at least they have somebody to fall back to if Tuka doesn't have his game together. Well, now they would almost have to keep Halak because Tuka is going to be out for. Yeah, but are, are injured players exempt from the expansion draft? No, no, but uh, injured players are not exempt. The only players that are exempt are first and second year okay. players in the league, and obviously individuals individuals who are just drafted. So it's tough. Who are bo- like? Well, well, if you know, Boston decides to protect Halak during the expansion draft, well, will they take I a chance? I don't. I honestly think they'll protect. Tuka more than they will protect Locke, honestly. Just going based, and that's strictly based off of statistics. But you, you gotta also look at it from another angle. If they protect Locke, are they really gonna take a bite at Rask, who's gonna be injured to halfway through the inaugural season? Because like you, you're not really gonna want to take a take a, a stab at somebody who you don't know who's gonna. Okay, yeah, I could, I could. See so that I mean. Makes sense. So I mean, at one point you'd be correct, but I get another points. Yeah. That's well, where they're gonna be fucked over. How, how I've been, how I'm looking at it is, look what you know Pittsburgh did with Murray and Jari. They held Jari Murray. or Murray, I'm sorry, because he was younger. They thought he would be more well equipped than someone who is <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah, we learned the hard way on that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> someone, great decision there. Then someone who was like um, Murray. Who's a little bit older, but he's you know he's look at him with Vegas. Could you imagine if they flip flopped him, and Jari would be with or Murray would be with Vegas, and we would still and the uh, Penguins would still have uh, Flurry. Do you think so? That, they could be doing the same thing with this scenario. So then it'd be Flurry and Jari. Yeah. Yeah. Versus Jari and Smith. So, or even, or even say. Jari were to go to Vegas, and then it would be Flurry and DeSmith in Pittsburgh, and Jari and Laner in Vegas. L- looking at the roster, I mean, technically Flurry and Murray were the only two goaltenders that Vegas would have been able to pick, because oh, uh, Jari and DeSmith would have been in the minors, and that's a whole different uh, ball. Yeah. So yeah, but I yeah, about that. I, I was thinking that more off, the, you know, the age of them is, you know, the one's younger than the other. He could have a lot more potential than someone who's a little bit older can get injured easily. If you know, if he get if you know maybe after his after the hip surgery, if he would get a uh, injury, it might be career ending. 
Unlike the, I forget, the younger guy, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Halak? Is Halak younger or is Rask younger? I think Halak is younger. I don't know. Halak's been around for a while. Has he? Well, he's never, I don't think he's ever sustained a full-time starter. Well, I, can't, I think I he's mean, been a lifetime backup. But Halak currently is 36 versus... Rask, I'm going to say 31, 32. Oh, I thought Rask was older. Okay. I thought Rask was like 40. Mm-hmm. Whereas Rask is 34. 34, wow. okay. Okay. So both about the same in age, but obviously the the hip injury is gonna affect Rask well, a lot. I wonder if they're gonna keep Polak, just being that if when he when he gets his not Polak, but I don't know why I keep his name slips Rask. When Rask gets his hip surgery, you know if he goes off, somebody else might take him and just you know bench him until he fully recovers. And if, you know if he wants to play, they might not let him play. And correct me if I'm wrong on this, but this is, I guess, just my personal opinion. I feel like as long as Tuca can keep his hands lightning quick like he normally does, I feel like he has a better chance of staying with Boston than Halak does. Yeah. Again, based on age, if they protect Rask, Seattle could very well take Halak just based on experience, based on veteranism and, you know... I feel, yeah, I feel like if Seattle were to take a lock, then... He might not be the greatest choice out of ones that will be saved. But he, I feel like he, for at least... But from, from an experience, experience standpoint... Oh, I feel like for at least the inaugural season... He definitely season, can just be a backup to, you know, coach the starter into being a star, becoming a starter, whoever that may be. But, you know, it's, it's tough to say. That's a tough one to say who they're going to protect. All right, uh, speaking of coaches, Jeffy has a new... Uh, coaching hire here. Just announced yesterday of June 11th, um, Brad Larson will be named the new coach for the Blue Jackets, um, who will be replacing John Tortorella um, as a coach for the John Blue Jackets. Tortellini. Fuck you, John Tortellini. <laughs> no longer the head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Not, not, not surprised. Probably will never find another head coaching job again. It's going to be tough. For he, sure. It had, was given a um, a three year contract. Well, do you think Mr. Tortellini will go to like the OHL or the AHL or somewhere lower than the NHL, where he'll still make a sub- not substantial amount of money, but he'll still play in the sport of hockey? But he'll it's just be a still smaller... be in the sport. But I don't think right now. No if anything, gonna... I see him maybe even going up in the league as far as like maybe being on like a board of directors or. Maybe like senior analyst or something. Maybe, but I don't. I don't know. Or I could see him even. I don't throw. see him being any coach that would come into de- direct contact with the players on a daily basis. Well, no, okay. no. I was gonna say, could you possibly see him as like a college coach? Just you're trying to train the athletes, train the players, but it's gonna be like in the like NHL or what, like NCAA mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Or even dare I even say, what about Olympic? No. He was an Olympic coach at one point, wasn't he? Yeah, at one point he was, but... Yeah. Uh, he was for one year. Yeah. But it's all so gone... I think Dan Bowsman did it for two, and I think he did it in 2018. But it's all gone downhill from there. Yeah, and he hasn't done anything since. All right, yeah. and then I'm uh, moving on. Kyle, what's your uh, one fun <laughs> fact? Second interesting fact of the day, the one that I have. Uh, you guys have probably never, ever heard of this guy. His name is Jeremy Williams. Who? He was drafted two, 220th overall in the seventh round of the 2003 NHL draft by the Toronto Maple Leafs. Okay. 
Um, he, you know, played in the minors with the Swift Current Broncos and then went up to the AHL, the St. John Maple Leafs, uh, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs minor league team. And in the 2005-2006 season with the Toronto Marlies, he put up pretty good numbers. He had played 55 games and had 56 points. Okay. So the Maple Leafs called him up for one game. One game. He scored a goal. And then he, he said his only his only goal. His only game that he played, he had a goal and he had a call up. And then he was sent back down and the next season can't the same thing, right? Yeah. Damn it! He was sent back down in 2006, 2007, played again, 23 games, had 15 points, was looking pretty good. And in 2006, 27, got caught up for one game, scored a goal, got sent back down. He did that four consecutive seasons. Got called up for one game, scored a goal, and got called back down. At one point... He did that four times, all, all, with, all you, with Toronto. At what point do you look at your team and go, be like, you want me to play for your idea? Do you not? <laughs> like, quit dicking me. At least put some lipstick all on together, me before you decide to fuck me, Jerry. All together, and, all and he snoop me up first before you fuck me over. <laughs> From Toronto, all combined from 2000 to the 2005 season to through the 2008-2009 season, he played a total of 30 games and had a total of uh, nine goals, which isn't awful. But like they just he called for me, he scored a goal, and they called him back down. He did that four straight seasons. Again, in 07-08 season and the 08-09 season, he played 18 games and 11 games. But in his first game called up, he scored a goal. And on each a little of those side two. note about like minor. Uh, like affiliate teams and stuff like that. I've been doing. I don't know about you guys, but I've been following some of these affiliate teams. And let me tell you, the next round of future NHLers that are coming, dude, it's gonna be nice. The league's gonna the be future's, so the future's sweet. Really bright, yeah. Oh my god, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. All right, and that wraps up week what twenty two now. Yep, twenty two. Twenty two of the Buckbusters podcast, guys. We're almost there. End of season one. You know, and it's in sight with the Stanley Cup final. How do y'all feel? Woo! Ready. Ready, to, ready to do it. Yeah. Nah. So great, uh, great things will be coming in season two. Just wait. Yeah. Uh, obviously, more will be released in the off season. Here, you'll be hearing more from the five of us: uh, Twitter, Facebook, whatever the heck it is. Um, obviously, stay tuned for for more more great things to come. So there we go, guys. Thank you. Later, Peace. Guys. Bye. Bye.